The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer at So-Called Fantasy Experts. Uh, tonight, joined by AJ Applegarth, as always. What's up, man? Yeah, what's going on? Not too much, not too much. Uh, glad I got power back. We lost it for a little bit there today. I was kind of afraid we weren't going to be able to do the show tonight. Uh, that was a nasty nah, we wind found a storm that came through. But yeah, I, we we really didn't get a lot of it. I mean, I'm a little north of you, but um, I mean, it was windy, but it wasn't overly windy. I guess I don't know. I mean, we we got hit with like a pretty good rainstorm for maybe about a half hour or so. But see, we didn't get the rain, that, which was weird. But I know people in D.C. and Virginia from work that work from home. They got nailed, they say, because, like, the power went out, and everybody, like, started emailing and calling from their phones and being like, I don't have power. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, it, like, it's like it hit everybody all at once. It was weird. Um, yeah. But, yep, anyway, power's back on, so we are ready to roll, man. And uh, tonight, we're going to be continuing our fancy baseball position previews for the 2017 season. And, you know, the first couple shows we've done multiple positions. Tonight, we are going to be doing just third base. And there is a a very, very good reason for that. Um, you know, first I want to start out, though, by – I know we're, you know we're focusing on fantasy baseball, but I can't ignore the Kevin Durant injury um, in basketball – and, I mean, this is going to derail a lot of people in their season-long leagues. And for those of you, and I hate you for it, who have Steph Curry, uh, you're going to get a huge <laughs> boost. You know, people that have got Clay Thompson and and um, Draymond Green, I mean, you're looking at a big a big usage bump here from, from those three guys. Um, if you want to go out and grab an Iguodala, you know, he's a – He's still like a low round type value type of guy. Um, you know, the, the reports are, are all coming out positive for whatever, re- you know, not, not for whatever reason, but um, they're all coming out positive. You know, they're all saying, oh, you can miss, he's going to miss at least four weeks, you know, then we'll reevaluate. And it looks like they're all saying, you know, basically it's, you know, not looking super serious, but, Look, anytime you're messing with like the ligaments in the knee, and you know, even if they're just strained, you know, you, you can you can miss a significant chunk of time. I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he misses the rest of the season, even into the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't be one bit surprised at all. Um, but you know, for those of you in season-long leagues, I, I think you're stuck holding him. Obviously, you know, I, I'm hoping you have an IR slot because if not, you're just you're burning the spot on your bench for him, praying he comes back for your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and me as uh, one of those people you hate because I have Steph Curry 
as well as uh, Iguodala, who I grabbed last week, well before this even happened. Yeah, I know. He was more of he, – he's just been my, my basketball man crush this year. I mean, granted, he's a former Philly guy, so I've always had, you know, a bit of a soft spot for him. But also, this is the first time I've played fantasy basketball in I don't even know how many years. So, um He's not really helping me out points-wise. I'm hoping maybe that'll change with this injury. Um, obviously, you never want to see a, a star like, you know, KD go down, um, especially because he's a bona fide first-round pick, you know, for everybody that drafted him this year. And he's had a great season and, and helped carry teams. Um, and now that it's just such a huge blow. So, I mean, I'm definitely uh, excited for for what, what comes of it with Curry because Curry was my first-round pick. And, you know, I, I, he's been good, but, you know, that maybe this, this will help him kind of get on even more of a role um, and help carry me into the, uh, into the playoffs. I think I'm hoping yeah, I mean, to succeed. Both guys have been – first round value for sure. Uh, but, you know, and everybody kind of expected, I expected it, you know, both guys took a bit of a hit in all of their categories. Um, I think Durant's actually been the better overall player fantasy wise. Um, he just yeah. contributes in more categories. The thing that's really carrying Curry and, and having him keep pace is the amount of three-pointers he hits. I mean, it's just absurd, obviously. Um, but the fact that Durant helps significantly in rebounds, he can chip in with assists. You know, he's averaging, what, four or five a game, I, I believe. I, I might have that a little a little high. But, um, you know, but he gets steals. He gets blocks. He actually, I think, is averaging more points. I mean, just overall, his game rounds out a little bit better than Curry's. Uh, but, I mean, regardless, Curry's been good, but now he's just going to be that much better. And it's just like, man. So, um, you're you're looking pretty good. We had a discussion earlier today how your team has just really benefited from a lot of random injuries and yeah. trades that you had all of these guys before any, any of this happened. It just kind of fell that way. It's like, what is happening? Usually it's the complete opposite for me, so I'm, like, even more mad about that. Um, usually well, I would have yeah, picked up a mean, guy and then he'd get hurt like the next day, but yeah, I, I'm good with it. And, you know, I was hoping to maybe try to trade for Embiid, you know, I'm glad I didn't because now he's been declared out for the rest of the season. Right. Um, but I, I have thinking of that Um, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I get an uptick there. Um, I already mentioned Iguodala. Uh, the Kyle Lowry injury helps me with uh, DeRozan, and then I picked up uh, Lowry's main backup as well. What six minutes before you were able to? I think you said the yeah. other day. So wasn't too um, thrilled with that. <laughs> well, man, you just got to get on it. What I mean, what are you waiting right. for? Right. <laughs> I, I, I had the benefit of being home a little earlier than usual, so I that's the only reason I got him because I turned on ESPN and it talked about him going out. So I was like, well, who's his backup? But yeah, no kidding. Anyway. Yeah. Basketball is, uh, moving along trade deadlines passed now. Uh, not really a, a whole lot else going on in the sport. Yeah. World. I mean, my, I mean, the cousins deal, 
I mean, the Noel yeah. trade was pretty big, but like it's not making a huge splash for either team at this. Uh, I feel like just not a whole lot was moved. It's it was like backup pieces, bench pieces. Yeah, I mean the Cousins deal was the big the big one. It happened so early in the trade deadline. We were able to talk about it last week. So yeah, cool deal. We can move on to the third base base position preview and uh i will let you have the floor all right sounds good so yeah i mean we we did the same thing last year where we basically broke off third base as its own position because it was starting to get a little deeper than than it had been in years past with the emergence of arenado and and bryant you know kind of coming onto the scene and they've really jumped up and, and they've really cemented themselves as bona fide first rounders along with Manny Machado, who we talked about last week because of his um, newly uh, added shortstop eligibility along with third base and, um, you know, mainstay in Josh Donaldson as well. I mean, this is the only position, you know, outfield is the next closest, but you technically have, three outfield positions um, to choose from, but you have four guys in the top 10. Think about that. Four guys in one position in the top 10 of your draft. And most teams are, I'm sorry, most leagues are 12 team leagues at a minimum. So, you know, this is, this is a really, really deep position now. Uh, even more so than last year. Um, so, I mean, after these four guys, the, these are the main, you know, cream of the crop, elite offensive guys you can have. And they all just happen to be on the same position. Um, but these are guys you want to go after, for sure. I mean, my draft strategy, looking at my first round pick, I'm definitely looking for one of these guys. Uh, and, and it depends on where I fall in the draft as to whether or not I'll even be able to get them. Um, I mean, if I'm at the end of the first round, I may be lucky to snag Manny or Donaldson, you know, depending on who's in the league and who goes after who. But, you know, with our leagues, we're both Orioles fans. So I would personally tend to lean towards Manny as well because of his position eligibility over Donaldson. But I, I do feel like Donaldson might be the better player. Um, he, he might be able to help you in all of the categories more so than Machado. We talked about Machado not really running anymore. Um, so that, that does hurt him a little bit. And Arenado and, and Bryant, I mean, after Trout, those are the guys that I think are going to be going. Um, you know, Goldie's still up there at first base, but I would not be surprised to see all four of these guys gone in the top eight picks, seven picks maybe. What, what are your thoughts on, on where you're drafting third base in general as well as these guys? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've i done a couple different mock drafts. I did one with uh, the, the fantasy consultant there on Twitter with a bunch of guys um, – uh, I believe like Steve Gardner and some other, you know, high profile guys were in that draft. 
And I had the ninth pick, maybe. I don't remember. And I ended up snagging. I thought, I really thought Machado was falling to me, and he went the pick before me. And and I ended up snagging. I ended up snagging Donaldson. Um, I mean, like you said, like you start looking at the rest of these guys. Oh no, I had the ninth pick, and Manny went eighth. Um, but yeah, like I said, like you, like you're saying right there. I mean, all four of these guys gone in the first nine picks. Um, yeah. Arenado went fourth. Bryant went sixth, which seemed a little low for Bryant for me at least. But I mean, you can't really. It's hard to argue. Um, I mean, Arenado went fourth uh, from Patrick. With Newski from Masters Ball, Brian went sixth. Nick Mariano from Roto Baller. Um, uh, Machado got snagged by Joe Galena, Galena from Roto Experts, and then I, like I said, I, I took I took Donaldson. Um, at, I'm, like I'm telling you, right after that, it seems like I mean, look, they're still good players, but I mean, they're talking first round guys. I mean, Trey Turner went, Harper went, Rizzo went. Rizzo's good. Rizzo's probably the only other one I would actually legitimately take in the first round there and feel comfortable about it. Because, um, I mean, there's there's huge question marks about Turner. Like, we're still guessing with him. Like, we're just hoping he can do what he did over the full course of a season. Harper's always up and down. But these guys, these third basemen, man, they've they've proved it year in and year out now. For multiple years, they're just steady, reliable guys. You're going to get a lot of stats. And like we talked about last week with Machado, if he could run again, he'd be a top three pick. If yeah. he could get you 20, oh, absolutely. If he could get you 15, 20 bags again, I'd pr- I would probably take him over Mookie Betts. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me to take away from this, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to harp on it too much, but, again, you kind of have to because – these four guys are elite offensive guys, not just third basemen. It just so happens that they all play third base. Right. You know, after these four, it does drop off. I mean, not necessarily from a production standpoint because it's so deep of a position this year, but just from, you know, like a, a rankings standpoint, um, I mean, you have Donaldson up at at, uh, at ninth, and then you don't see another third baseman until Jonathan VR, who we also talked about last week because he's second and shortstop eligible, along with third base this year. Uh, again, I don't think you're really using him at third base, um, but he's sitting at 38. So, I mean, he's the next guy down, uh, down the yeah. list. Um, and a lot of leagues, you and, know, he'll be a shortstop. So, you know, it's kind of like he's got exactly. eligibility. But I think the real next guy that you're looking at for third base in reality is Kyle Seager, and he's going even later than that. Yeah. So, the, yeah, there is a exactly. huge drop-off. Um, I mean, like you said, these guys are the – these guys are the top of the – the top uh, of the position big time, and they are elite – in fantasy baseball. Now I'm doing another uh, mock draft just to real quick, and then we can move on. I'm doing another mock draft right now. It's a slow mock draft with so-called fantasy experts right now. And there's a couple odd picks in there. 
So Manny actually fell to 10 because of it. And then Donaldson fell all to me at all the way to me at 12. Um, but in this one, Bryant went third. Arenado went seventh. So, but I mean, all still, they're all they're all right in there. I mean, that's only because you know Kershaw went second, which you it's hard to argue that. I mean, you could really argue Kershaw first overall if you really wanted to. Uh, most people are going to pick Trout, but you could really argue Kershaw first. So, I don't mind that one. There was a couple odd picks. I'm not going to call anybody out here because they are. Interesting to say the least, but uh, it, you know, again, they're still all first round value. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's very, one of these. that's yeah. surprising to me to hear that Arenado sank all the way to seventh, but hey, I, um, mean, I mean, look, it's you, Goldschmidt, you, it's Altuve, it's Betts, it was Bryant, it was Kershaw. It doesn't surprise yeah, me too much. Um it's not unheard I mean, of. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, you know, once you get past those four guys, I definitely want one of those guys on my team if I can manage it. And, yeah, you know, I feel like most of my leagues at this point are, are all keeper leagues. I don't think I'm getting one of these guys if I didn't already have them. And in the fantasy six-pack league, I have You've Chris Bryant and Manny Machado. So <laughs> I'm sitting pretty good right there, along with Al Suja. Yeah. I, I I think that's got to be the best threesome keepers in the league. It might be close between the one guy I think has Goldie and Harper and someone else. It's, that's really Does he have Goldie, Harper, and Trout? I, yeah. I think somebody I, has so that's, Trout that's, and, like, somebody else ridiculous. It's like, but, dude, your I three are – Goldie, Harper, and Trout. <laughs> your three are ridiculous. So that, that beats me out, I would think. But either I don't way, know, man. Uh, it all depends on Harper. Harper's a Harper's a question mark. But anyway, let's let's move on. I think we've yeah. I think we've beaten this dead horse. All right. So yeah, draft strategy: get one of the elite guys. <laughs> but you can wait and fill in, you know, corner outfield, or I'm sorry, corner infield and utility slots. You know, with some of these other guys. That's one of the big things you want to go after as well. I mean, there's still a lot of talent in these middle rounds to be had. Uh, and, and really, even at the back end of the draft, you can you can find guys to fill out your corner infield um, and utility slots. So just, just uh, definitely keep it in mind. But let's move on to our, our burning questions here, um, our hot topic questions that we have for, for all of these positions. So the first one is a guy that has been very productive throughout his career. Um, he's just another one of those name power kind of guys. Um, currently right now he's sitting at an ADP of 72. And we're talking about Mr. Adrian Beltre of the Texas Rangers. Um our burning question of the night is, is Beltre still a top 10 option now that we've kind of set the table with these first four elite guys and then throwing Seeger out there? I mean, he's still got Todd Frazier in the mix, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, you know, there, there's so many guys, but is Beltre still a top 10 option? 
Um, I mean, yes. The the short answer is yes. Uh, I, I've still got him ranked number six, right behind Kyle Seeger, and then of course the 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 four horsemen there. So, um, look, I I keep trying to doubt this guy every year. It feels like, and and I I wrote about him in the I did the preview for third base on FantasySixPack.net, um, and it was a short answer for this actually. Um, I just wrote, you know, could he do it again? I was like, why not? I'm tired of doubting this guy. I really am. Every year I'm like, he's getting older. There always seems to be some little weird nagging injury uh, with him. But, dude, last year he absolutely crushed it. I mean, are we going to get 30-plus home runs from him again? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, the last couple years was really – yeah, he was the years before that he was below twenty. Um I'm I'm probably expecting somewhere in the twenty to twenty five range of home runs. Um but you know, you're gonna get a good average, you're gonna get decent power from him, uh and he and he's just reliable. So I'm not gonna deny the guy anymore. I don't think we're getting thirty two home runs, but I think everything else is still going to be there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think he's definitely still a top 10 guy. I mean, he's, he's 37. He'll be in He'll be 38 by the time, you know, we're two weeks into the season. Um, not even. And okay. I mean, we've seen plenty of guys, go into their 38-year season and still be productive. I mean, Big Poppy was doing it for a long time, and, you know, he finally hung it up. But you could tell with him that it, it was time. I mean, he had a lot of nagging injuries as well. His body was just telling him, I've had enough, you know, whatever. But I don't I don't think Beltre's there yet. Um, 32 homers, 104 RBIs and a 358 on base percentage last year, along with a 300 average, is is incredible stats. I mean, that is top yeah. 10 material for sure. Oh, uh, I mean, even if he's a 20, 25, 26 homer guy this year, if he's still hitting, you know, 290 and, and can still break 100 RBIs, I mean, Texas still has a good offense. So I can still see over 100 RBIs possible this year. You know, absolutely. What's not to like with that? I mean, like you said, he's a guy that you almost want to see not succeed because he just continually does it. And it's like, all right, when's the breaking point? When's this guy going to fall off? You know, something's got to happen. It hasn't. So, I mean, right now he he's dealing with a bit of a calf injury. So he's not sure if he'll be playing for uh, for the Dominican Republic in, in the first round of the World Baseball Classic, which I believe starts next week. But yeah, you know he he's still going to be even if he doesn't manage to play in the World Baseball Classic, or even if he does, you know if if uh, the DR gets gets into the next round, he, he's just it, it's just going to happen there. He's going to just start. It's going to come together, and he's going to just continue to play. I, I feel like he's one of those guys that 
doesn't even need spring training anymore. He's just going to go out and be ready to play. So put a helmet on, give him a bat, put him in the box, and throw pitches at him, and he's just going to mash them. So I, I still like Beltre. I definitely think he's a top ten option. Um, so we'll move yeah. on to another guy who uh, has had, you know, his ups and downs in his career. Um, a, a younger player, though, Mr. Anthony Rendon. How do you think his draft stock will be affected now that he's only third base eligible? He used to have second base eligibility along with third base. But now that he's only third base eligible, do you think his draft stock is going to suffer? Uh, I do, actually. Uh, I do, because I don't think he is there among the elite third basemen. His stats don't measure up in any category with the elite guys, not even just one. Um, now, he can – the the thing that he does he's just he's just a good all around player. Um, it's a fairly good average. It's not great, not even Beltre good. Um, you know he hit twenty last year. He hit twenty back in twenty fourteen. Um, but the the runs in the RBI aren't elite. They're good. You know nineties to the eighties. Um, steals you're getting double digit steals. You most likely. Um, but you know, when you're looking at that compared to when he had like second base eligibility back when second base was awful, um, you know, he was a first, almost a first second rounder in some leagues, because you're looking at back in 2014, you're looking at 21 homers and 111 RBI or 111 runs from your second baseman and going cha-ching. Yes. Thank you. I will take that every day. Yeah. You know, we talked about second baseman last week and how it's a lot deeper now, so maybe it still wouldn't be that. But in the third base position only, he gets buried. He really does. And so, Jane, look, he's a quality guy. Like, I, if I miss out on all those guys, if I, if I have to land, you know, deal with Anthony Rendon as my third baseman, I'll be fine with it. I'll just – you have to go get other production, you know, more power, more steals, better average from everywhere else. You know, he's he's going on average, I believe it's, you know, like ninth, eighth, ninth round, I think. Um, in fact, I'm looking at my mock right now, seventh round. He has not gone yet. So, no. Like, yeah, so we're still waiting for him to go in the mock that I'm doing right now. Uh, so yeah, I, I think his draft stack draft stock does suffer a little bit because he has third base eligibility, and there's so many good players at that position this year. Yeah, I I've never necessarily been a big fan of his, and maybe it's just because of his 2013 and 2015 injury plagued years where you know he wasn't running at all. He had one stolen base in both seasons. Uh, he had only had 98 games played and 351 at bats in 13, only 80 games and 311 at bats in 15. And, you know, not that I'm somebody who's super superstitious, but 
guess what, folks? It's an odd it's year. It's an odd year. So <laughs> is he going to fall off and fall into, you know, getting 80, 89 games this year as splitting the average of, of those two years? I mean, is he going to look at another 40-run season? Or is he going to be somebody who's going to be 90s to 100-plus runs? You know, you just don't know with this guy. And, I mean, I think he's definitely somebody who's got the talent. He He's shown that he can play the game. You know, 2014 was definitely his best year. Um, even last year when he played well and it, he played the most games of his career at 156, he still had a 270 average. So, it's you know, uh, 17 points off of what he had in, in 14. 270 I can deal with. Um, you know, 12 stolen bases, it's kind of a throw-in. But, you know, I think uh, I think it's just, you know, something you got to look at. And he, he got called up in 13. So um, thanks for pointing that out. So that, that, that adds to his low amount of games played. But just based on everybody else in this position that I'm looking at, I mean, there's there's definitely guys behind him that I feel like have a lot of upside when you're looking at, you know, a Justin Turner coming back to L.A., uh, Jake Lamb in Arizona, um, you know, even Miguel Sano. I mean, he can kill mm-hmm. you with strikeouts, um, and that's the one thing that Rendon, you know, he doesn't strike out a whole lot, which is good, but – Sano will kill you there, and and average may not help you at all, but he's a power guy. So if you're looking for someone in this 8 to 10 round range, I mean, I I just think there's better people to be had. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I know the average for him is like 8, 9 range for rankings. I've actually dropped him down to 11. I just think there's a couple other guys ahead of that um, others don't believe so. But like yeah. I said, he's okay. He's 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 good everywhere. He's not great oh, yeah. anywhere. And I mean, so he'll, that's, he'll that's definitely you help him. your team. I just don't think he's going to necessarily win you the championship. So... No, he won't. Um, he won't. But the next guy, the next guy we want to talk about, you know, is he somebody that will help you win that championship? Uh, Mr. Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians. Is this guy for real? I mean, who who is this guy, and what can we expect from him? Um, you know, it it's funny, like. <laughs> I picked this guy up in one of my in in my dynasty league two years ago. Um, I was decimated. I believe he had shortstop eligibility that year, and I was just decimated at third at, at shortstop. And so I picked him up, and he was okay. He wasn't anything great. I mean, batting average was atrocious, but you know, he was scoring runs. He was stealing bases at the end of the season. I was fine. I just needed anybody in there at that point. Uh, and I decided not to keep him. And I let him back and was like, whatever, y'all can have him. Um, and then last year, you know, he goes out and bats 312, double-digit home, double home runs, 22 steals. 
84 runs, 76 RBI. I mean, the player rater for him, like, on ESPN, like, he was he was really highly rated for the third base position, um, which is I, – I guess it's the steals that do it. Because, um, obviously, there's not a lot of third basemen that steal crazy amounts of bags, except for, like, VR – and like maybe one other one or two other guys, so maybe he got like a huge boost from steals, but like the rest of the numbers are just kind of like they're pretty much worse than Rendon. So like <laughs> I don't get the love affair with this guy. I just don't, and I also think that he is going to regress big time, big time regress. Um. You know, it's just some of the numbers on him don't really seem to to I don't know. They they just the fact that he jumps almost a hundred points in batting average in one season, that's a that's a scary jump for me. Now is he two nineteen bad? No, probably not. Um, you know, he had Sprinkled in playing time in 2013 and 14, where he batted 315 games in 2013, and then you know mid 200s in 2014. So, my opinion is probably somewhere closer to the the 270 you know range, which isn't bad. But I, I don't know how much of a power hitter he is. Like I don't I don't even know if we're going to get double digit home runs from this guy again. I mean, even with a little spike in home runs, his Home run to fly ball rate's only six percent. <laughs> That's it. Um he yeah. he doesn't hit a ton of fly balls. Um so I mean he's gonna score runs, he'll steal some bags. He's only twenty four, so maybe he'll get slightly better with you know, the stolen bases. But I, I kinda think we've seen what we're gonna see with this guy. Like this is it. So I, I'm not a huge fan of his. Like I have him ranked pretty low in third base compared to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I do like him, um, and partially because I was benefiting from him last year uh, in the fantasy six pack league. Um, I picked him up at some point, and I feel like he was added and dropped by a handful of people. But then, you know, I wrote him out and. You know, Francona's come in and said that he's definitely the third baseman. There's no plans to move him out, you know, uh, out to left field to to kind of fill in while Michael Brantley is still dealing with his shoulder injury. Um, you know, but last year he had an 825 OPS because he had 46 doubles and 11 home runs. And I'm pulling this straight from ESPN. Um, so because of that, everyone's like, oh, we got to put him out in left field. I, I don't really see how that translates to this guy's got to play left field. But he played all over the place last year. I mean, he had two pinch hit appearances, three pinch running appearances. He had five games starting at shortstop, two or nine games starting at second base. Uh, 48 at left field and 117 at third base. So he's like Carlos Santana light with all these different positions that he's played (laughs) at. And he had a ton of eligibility last year um, coming in as well. So, 
I mean, I do like him. Uh, the the thing that jumped out here on ESPN that I'm reading is his. He posted a career best 89% rate um, for uh, his contact ability, and then he was 91% during the second half last year. So, I mean, if if he can even maintain that 89% or even like an 85% to start the season this year. And then it just clicks for him again. I mean, he's going to be a good hitter. He's going to get on base. He's going to have a good average and he's going to help your team again. Um, you know, the stolen bases are definitely nice. Uh, he did get caught seven times last year. So, you know, depending on how, fit he is coming into camp. I know that's a big thing for a lot of guys. Uh, you know, Pablo Sandoval comes to mind where they just come to camp and are like, you know, what what are you doing over here, Eddie Lacy? Are, are you ready to play or not? So, what are you talking about, man? Everybody's in the best shape of their life right now. You don't know that? Of course. Of course. It's like the, the famous you know? quote from every manager and GM in baseball. <laughs> so, February 1st. I, I do like Ramirez. I don't I don't know if I can sit here and say he's for real because again I like to see it repeated. Um and there's there's been flashes like you mentioned, but last year was really kind of his breakout year. So I want to see him break out again this year and and repeat that success before I'm ready to just go all in on the guy. Um but I mean if he's hanging around, you know, in those mid to to later drafts rounds and I'm looking for another corner infield guy or, or some help, you know, I'll go after him. I have no problem with that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just want to add one last thing here about him because he has the outfield eligibility. I think what I would most likely do with him is take him as a fifth or sixth outfielder. I'm never going to get him at that point because people like him more than I do. Um, but if I could pick him up as a fifth or sixth, I, you know, maybe even a fourth outfielder in a fifth in a five outfield league, um, I would pick him up as that. I tend to fill my outfield faster than a lot of other teams just because I feel like that's a, that's for next show. But anyway, I just fill my outfield a little faster than most teams. But um, if I if I did wait. You know, Ramirez would be a nice consolation if I was, you know, looking for late round value if if he kind of stayed out there where I think he should. But he's he's not. He's going earlier. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's move on to our uh, our next question here. Um, and this is one that I kind of thought of just earlier today, really, because it, it's kind of intriguing to me being an owner of both of these guys. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Shy Sox and their third base conundrum with the youngster that they just got in the trade, Yon Mankata, and their their mainstay at third base who they just traded for last year, Mr. Todd Frazier, uh, a.k.a. Todd the Bod, a.k.a. Home Run Derby champ. Um <laughs> I mean, any more of those? <laughs> yes, any any one of those. Um, and I, I Todd Fraser is another man crush guy of mine. So um, obviously, <laughs> yeah, I know. If 
<laughs> if it wasn't figured out yet. Um, you just called him Todd the Bod. Um, it's just because yeah. it rhymes. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Um, so, do you think Mancana is eventually going to challenge Frazier for starts at third base this year? I, I mean, I know he's going to start in the minors. Yeah. Um, but do you think if he starts blowing up in the minors and Frazier kind of has another like horrible average, uh, you know, not really getting on base type situation like he did last year, aside from all of his homers, it, you know, is, is there more pressure on Frazier this year? Um, more pressure to not strike out 25% of the time. Yeah. I mean, sure. You never want to do that. And, you know, he, that's, that was a career, a career high for him. So I think what's going to ultimately happen, and this is just a guess is Makana is going to get the call up. I don't know, June time frame, unless he just completely kills it in April. Um, you know, and forces their hand a little early. It, but that would take a, a really strong spring and a really strong April, I believe. But I think they're going to wait on him. Look, the White Sox are not going to be a good team this year. I mean, look at all the guys they got rid of. Um, I mean, I love Jose Quintana, but he's their ace now. Let's bleh. Might as well have the Orioles pitching staff. I mean, come on. Um, so... I think what's ultimately going to happen with Frazier is he's going to become like, he's going to become the DH. Um, I mean, his defensive, his defensive war last year was, you know, was, was negative 2.1. Uh, that's not good. Now he, that's, a, that's the worst in his career um, by quite a bit actually. So, you know, maybe he turns it back around, but something didn't click right with him last year and his first year in Chicago. Maybe he improves. Um, but, you know, it it could also just be that, you know, age is starting to catch up with him. You know, he, he's now 31. He's a big guy. I mean, a really big guy. And to be playing third base, I mean, that ball comes at you fast, man. They don't call it the hot corner for nothing. Um, you know, so maybe they bring up Makata – and have him play third base just because of defense and move Frazier into in the DH. I mean, I'm looking at the at, uh, roster resource right now, and they're projecting Cody Ash at DH. I mean, Cody Ash is okay, but is your DH? Yikes. Uh, I mean, this is how bad, honestly, the White Sox are. <laughs> this is a, not a good team. So that's my guess. Makata's going to get the call up. He's gonna get playing time. Seem as nothing, no reason not to bring him up, and you know Frazier's just gonna slide over to DH. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize that they. It's Cody Ashy, by the way. Is it Ashy? I know that because yeah, because he's, he's Philly. A, I know a that. So, I know he was Philly. He's not even. I'm not even seeing him on ESPN's depth chart thing. But obviously, they don't update that yet. But. Um, wow, this is why I, used I didn't even like know he was in there, there man. <laughs> but he's another guy. He's another guy that could play third base as well. I don't. 
I don't necessarily trust him at third base, and the whole reason he was no longer playing third Philly was because of Michael Franco, and they pushed him out to the outfield. Still really wasn't good out there either, but (laughs) either way. um, So you're saying you are a fan. (laughs) I'm sure, sure. Not quite as much of a fan as I am as Frazier, but close. No. Um, Do you have any nicknames? I mean, look, <laughs> Fra- uh, no. 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 <laughs> um, Cody the Nobody, Ashy, I don't know. Um, 225 average. A 302 on-base percentage last year. Not very good at all. 40 home runs and 98 RBIs. Very nice. I, yeah, I can very, deal with that. Um, 163 strikeouts. No, thank you. I do not want to deal with that. 15 stolen bases. Okay, that's that's pretty helpful as well. It's actually surprising from him. But it, you know, one thing I did yeah. notice just real quick is his bad bip was extremely low last year. So maybe that's a telling sign that his average is going to climb up. Um, not that his BABIP's ever been really high because he probably mm-hmm. does hit a lot of like soft, you know, those deep fly balls. They don't go out. You know, he's kind of home run, you know, guy. So his BABIP suffers because of that. But 236 BABIP was just super unlucky last year, in my opinion. That's, that's pretty bad. Um, so maybe yeah. that's where that maybe that's where he comes back. So, Look, I, I like I like Frazier this year. I, they're not taking him out of the lineup, but it's um, it's just whatever, you know. Mikado's coming up and playing. They're gonna have to figure out a way to get him in the lineup, and, and they will. And, and Mankata was, you know, this is kind of new that he's in this third base thing. Um, you know, he was initially thought of as a second baseman. Um, and he was supposed to challenge Pedroia for his spot, you know, once he was ready to, to, you know, sail off into the deep blue sea pastures of whatever. So now that he's not there, you know, they, they brought him up and they had him playing third last year. And, and I think that he's taken to it well. I do have, you know, high hopes for him um, because he's basically the best prospect in the game right now. But, um, I do think Frazier can come back from the average bust. I I see him more as at least a 240, maybe 250 kind of guy, hopefully. But he's definitely got to cut down on the strikeouts. Um, and, you know, maybe that's the trick. If, if he's only playing DH, he can he, – he doesn't have to worry about – you know, putting that strain on, on his body every day of being out in the field and, you know, he can just focus on hitting. That's all he has yeah. to do. So, you know, you bring him in and he's going to be, he's going to be like an Evan Gaddis type where it's like, Oh crap, we got to face this guy at DH now. Great. He's going to hit a bomb every other at bat. So, you know, I, I still think Frazier is going to be productive 
I, I still think he's going to hurt you at strikeouts. Hopefully not as bad this year, and, and I hope not as bad on average. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the move made. But, all right, well, let's move back on to uh, uh, a guy we just mentioned here, Mr. Mr. Spring Training, as uh, as you've so kindly deemed him, uh, Michael Franco. Uh, he's back at it again. I mean, is this the year that he puts it all together in the regular season? I mean, he's already hit three home runs this spring, which leads all of the majors. And we've been in spring training for, what, a, a, a week? So, Yeah, barely. For, barely? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no. A, a week. I mean, we saw this. Yeah. We saw this from him last year, though. I mean, he, yeah, what he, he came into spring like training. 17 home runs? He had something oh, ridiculous was, last year. It was absurd. He had like eight in, I think, the first two weeks. But he he just gets off to this ridiculously hot start in spring training. And it's like he comes in in midseason form, and then the regular season starts, and he just hits a wall. <laughs> like, what? What happened to this guy? Where where did spring training Franco go? I mean, he's the guy who I drafted and, and reached for. Uh, and, you know, is he is this the year? Is, is he going to do it this year? So I'll, I'm going to correct myself. He only hit nine last year. I felt like it was so much more than that. It felt like so much more because it was so hyped. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, All right, well, then he definitely didn't hit eight in the first two weeks. I was no, thinking, no. for some reason, eight stuck out to me. That's why I was like, oh, did he only have eight? And you were saying 17, so I was like, eh, I'll go with it. All right. I don't know, man. I felt like it was so but much still. more. Like I just, I remember being so hyped last year, and like it's happening again already. You know, I'm, I'm listening to, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the radio show on, on the way in and from work, and they, you know, they're talking about like Mikel Franco hits another home run, and you're just like. I don't know if I care anymore. I mean, this is what this guy does. Uh, he just yeah. crushes it in spring, and it's like, oh, no, you know what it is? I'm thinking of the year Bryant, like, destroyed it in the year that he got called up, and he had, like, 15 that year. That was crazy. Um, and there was a lot of home runs in spring that year. Um, not yeah. as many last year. But anyway, yeah, man, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, he's not like he had a terrible year last year. Last year, um, it was definitely below standards because of what people were expecting from him, because of the spring, because of how well he played in 2015. You know, average dipped. All the other numbers went up, but because he had twice as many games played. Um, the fact of it is, is he has to make better contact with the ball. I think that's what's hurting him. You know, you look at his contact rates, the hard hit balls is, is a little low. Um, and so you, you would hope for more of that. And, you know, this he's not – it's not like he strikes out a ton. I mean, 16%, that's not awful. He walks a good number, you know, 6 to 7%. He's just – it's not – he's just not making good contact, which makes me believe he's swinging at bad pitches and he makes contact and then gets out. And that's what's happening. Um, so, you know, look, the guy's still young. Could he put it together? Absolutely. I mean, he's only 24, you know, this is kind of around when it happens, 24, 25, even 26. Um, so th- there's plenty of time for him to do it. 
Am I buying in on him this year? No, there's just too many other good guys that you know are going to be awesome at their hang your hat on Mikel Franco this year. It's just, I'm not going to do it. Maybe somebody else will, but I will, I won't be doing it. Yeah. I mean, obviously I like Franco since he's with Philly. Um, you know, the, the one stat that jumps out at me is in 2015, his, uh, I, I want to say this is his isolated power, was a 217, and it dipped all the way down to a 172 last year. Right. So I, I definitely think that something happened to cause that, and I think he's got room to get that back under control. Um, but surprisingly, he had a higher number of uh, at-bats at per home run so, I mean, that, I guess that goes along with that. Less at-bats per home run, you know, your your power is going to be more. So, I do like Franco this year. And like you said, he's only 24. So, we saw what the guy we just talked about, Mr. Jose Ramirez, did in his breakout season of being 24 years old. Um, you know, is this that year uh, for him? So it could be. I, I mean, if again, if he's hanging around, and I'm looking for some corner infield help or maybe utility help, um, I have no problems going after Franco. I'm not gonna jump ship on him and and you know go after him real early. I do like him. I I, I wouldn't mind having him if he can seemingly get you know, get some of these stats corrected and, and bounce back um, to, to produce a little better. I, I think his on-base percentage was just a little too low last year. I, I mean, I, he definitely needs to get that back up into, you know, maybe the 320s if that's possible. I mean, he's only a career 312 guy. Um, his average was pretty much in line last year, but, I think uh, I think it's definitely feasible for him to get up there as long as he gets you know becomes a little more patient and lets the game kind of come to him and and goes from there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, hundred percent agree. So, all right, well, that's uh, that's all we got for our burning questions for this week for the third baseman. Uh, let's go ahead and just close everything out here with. Uh, our sleepers and busts for the year. And uh, I'll go ahead and start with my, my sleeper for this year. Uh, I, I had a, a couple of people in mind, but I really wanted to, to go out and find someone that was a little lower in the standings, you know, in the rankings, I mean, to just go with it. And I'm going with uh, Jan, Jan Hervis Solarte. Um, and you were, making fun of me for putting his pronunciation in here because I believe I actually screwed it up on previous shows, you know, oh, I'm sure dating I've back to it. last year <laughs> that it was Yang, Yang Gervis. Um, but the G is silent. Uh, so it's a Yang Hervis Solarte. I mean, in 2016, this guy only had 405 at bats. Um, I believe he took off toward the end of the year because his wife had passed away and uh, he, he missed a bunch of games because of that. 
understandably so. But in 405 at-bats, he had 55 runs, 15 homers, 71 RBIs, only one stolen base, but a 286 average and 30 walks. I mean, those are pretty solid stats for somebody that you're getting in, you know, easily in the later rounds. Uh, you know, he's probably a guy that, that most people might not even draft. Um, but he plays on a not very good San Diego team. Um, you know, he doesn't have a lot of help around him there. You got Will Myers, but, you know, Kemp's gone now. So, I really like those stats, and I, I, I could easily see him repeating those, you know, with a full season under his belt. You know, I could see those runs up around, you know, 65 to 70, if not maybe more than that. Um, home runs, I think he's capable of 20 home runs. I mean, that might be pushing it. That might be a little high. Um, but I could see it happening, you know, maybe throwing an extra stolen base. Average, I could easily see sticking around where it is. Um, you know, and RBIs, I feel like he could easily hit 80, 85. So I, I like this guy a lot. I, I've always kind of kept him on my radar as somebody that I would pick up off the waiver wire and, and plug in and play and, you know, ride his hot streaks. Yeah, definitely somebody I like, and I had him a couple of times last year. I believe in our league and other, and like maybe with Dynasty, I don't even remember. Like I, I, I know I had him all over the place at some point. Um, yeah. The only the only worry with him is that San Diego offense. I mean, they kind of, uh, they, they're definitely not going to be very good this year. Uh, so no. that's what you that's what you have to worry about. But no, it, it's a great it's a great sleeper pick. I mean, you definitely get him for next to nothing at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so my sleeper is somebody who is near and dear to my heart because when my team was decimated by injuries in my dynasty league, uh, I was desperate for anybody at first base. And Ryan Healy to the rescue, man. Um, Oakland Athletics, I had never heard of this guy. But I was just like, eh, I had like three games, good, good games in a row. I'm just taking chances with anybody at this point. And my God, this guy was amazing down the stretch. Finished the season, 305 average, 13 home runs, 36 runs, 37 RBI in 72 games, 283 plate appearances. Um, I mean, this guy appears to be like the real deal. The more I've looked into him, uh, he's not going to – he doesn't look like he's going to be like ever a, a 30 home run guy type of guy. But, you know, he is young enough. I mean, 25, we're not talking like, you know, like super prospect young, but he's young enough that he can still grow into a little bit more power. Um, But he does play in Oakland, so that suppresses things. So, you know, I'm thinking you're going to get like 25 out of him at best, uh, and that might be pushing it. So, you know, but still, this guy's cheap right now. Um, I know when I took him in that, mock draft that I was talking about with the fantasy consultant and all those guys. Everybody was like, oh man, I love the Ryan Healy pick. And I thought like, I was like, I'm just going to take him. I thought it was like three rounds too early. And everybody was like, damn. And I was like, whoa, all right. <laughs> so I felt pretty good about that, even though it was just a mock. But, you know, when you got guys like Steve Garner, like 
pat you on the back for for that kind of pick. That makes you feel pretty good about yourself. Um, so yeah, Ryan Healy is definitely the guy that I'm trying to target uh, as corner infield and you know utility type of slots. Yeah, he he's definitely someone to keep an eye on for sure. Um, and go. Um, all right, we'll go ahead and uh, and finish off with your your bust for the the, the evening. Yeah, so I, I had two guys listed here, and then realized that the question was in there about Jose Ramirez. So I'm not going to talk about him. I think we all realize that I think he's a bust. But my other bust, and I actually wrote about him in the article as well, over on FantasySixPack.net, is Evan Longoria. You know, look, last year he pretty much turned back the clock. Uh, he looked looked a lot more like the 2013 version than what we got in 2014, 2015. And, you know, he he hit the most home runs than in his entire career last season. And I believe he's – how old is he now? He's like 30 – he's at least 30, 31, right? Um, no, I, I know the home runs were up last year. Oh, wow, yeah, he's 31. Uh, he was 30 last year. So, you know, he had 36 last year. That was the most ever. The years before that, he hit in the low 20s. Um, look, I love the power from him. He's He's pretty much always on the field, so that's good, even though it always seems to be some sort of, like, little weird nagging injury with him that you hear about. Um, at the same time, the the issues I have with him repeating last year is that his strikeout rate actually increased for the third straight year and his walk rate declined for the third straight year. So that means how did he get all those home runs? Well, his home run to fly ball rate spiked big time back to his 2013 numbers when he was, you know, what you consider in your prime for baseball. Um he also hit more fly balls last year than he ever had. So combined more fly balls with a higher home run to fly ball rate, well, what do you get? You get a ton of home runs. That's just unrealistic to happen for a guy who's starting to swing and miss more in his career. So I'm just not really banking on him being the guy that you're getting, the guy that we saw last year. And you're going to have to pay for last year to get him. So that's why I consider him a bust. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good call. I, I, I actually had Longoria as my bust last year. And obviously, as you said, <laughs> he had a pretty out. damn good year. So, um, I, I mean, I, I, I like the guy. I just, I agree. I just don't think he's going to be able to repeat it with the way that those telling stats are, are declining. Um, so another guy that I have here for this year, and now he's probably going to be the, the hottest pickup since Longoria had such a great year last year. Everybody will be on, on the, uh, the bandwagon for Mr. Jake Lamb of Arizona. Um, now look, I, I mean, I like Lamb. He had a very solid year last year. But I want to bring up a couple of stats that that are just very off to me. 
So between his 2015 and 2016 seasons, his at-bats per home run went from 58.3 to only 18. Um, you know, that that drove his home run total to nearly five times what he hit in 2015. And it was a – he had six homers in 2015. He had 29 homers last year because of that, you know, that, that ratio. You know, it was almost 60 at-bats before he would hit a homer. And then it's only 18. I mean, something is off there to me. You know, granted, he did have 173 more plate appearances in 2016, but that, that's just way too big of an increase for me over those added at-bats. Uh, the other thing to look at here is that his average dropped from a 263 to a 249, which isn't horrible, but his on-base percentage stayed almost exactly the same at 331 in 2015 and 332 in 2016. So, you know, if he keeps his on-base percentage the same, you know, what else is he doing? You know, I guess he's walking more because his average is down. So that's that's good. But, you know, overall it's just something scary to think about. If his average is going to dip down that much, you know, what's to say it's not going to dip down again? Um, he, he, he seems like he's becoming one of those all or nothing power guys. Um, he doesn't really run, you know, and, and like I said, if the average repeats, he's going to, he's going to hurt you there too. But the big thing to look at for him that you pointed out is his splits. He, he is absolutely atrocious against lefties. He's got a 164 average last year. So, you know, are we worried where he if he's going to be sitting against lefties again in 2017? You know, you got Brandon Drury who came in and and played behind him last year, uh, and I, it looks to me like Drury might be the starting second baseman this year, at least on the the last depth chart that I saw. So then they got to plug somebody else. Elson in second base and then slide Drury over to third um, to help out with, with these splits. So he, he, he absolutely has to get better against lefties. Um, but just with the way that those numbers pan out, I, I just definitely see regression from him. I just don't think he's going to repeat that low number of at-bats per, per home run. I, I mean, can he hit 20 home runs? Absolutely. He's in a great ballpark to do it, um, you know, half for half of his games at least. Plus, he goes to Colorado a bunch of times. Um, so I think he can still hit home runs. I, I'm just worried about him helping you out with other stats. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried about Lamb. I was a, I was a – I was big on him entering last season and, you know, it looked like I was a hundred percent right. Uh, in the first half, the second half was just atrocious for him. Not only are his splits bad against lefties, but his second half was bad. I mean, he batted 197 overall, only nine home runs in the second half. 
Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do in Arizona. I mean, I think he's going to start the year at third base. He's going to be their primary third baseman. But, you know, they, they've still got, like you said, Drury floating around. Tomas can come in and play third, although, you know, he's, you know, labeled as outfielder mainly right now. But they got, you know, Nick Ahmad, you know. But what they can do is they can bring in Tomas and, you know, keep Drury in there. They've got Hazel Baker on the bench. You know, he proved to be pretty decent in in St. Louis. And they've got some guys just floating around that can just fill positions if they need to get more guys, you know, get him off the field against lefties. And don't forget, they've still got Kettle Marte sitting in the minors that they traded for. So who knows what they're going to do with him. And Socrates Brito in, in the minors who – They've got to call back up again this year, right? I mean, like the guy needs to get a chance. Uh, they've just they've got a lot of minor league guys that I think can come up and take playing time. Oswaldo Garcia as well. Um, you know, he's not great, but he's he's decent. He can fill some outfield help, some depth. Um, so these guys can all come up, and that just shifts everybody around and just makes that log jam at infield again. Where like last year you had like you had guys like Chris Owings and. And like that, and or Chris Owings is still there. Oh, he's their shortstop now. Yeah, yeah, man. Owings like they can they can play these guys everywhere. I mean, and that's the thing. So like they can move these guys all over the place and play the right pitching matchups. And you know, so if the manager's paying attention, you notice splits like one seventy four, one sixty four against lefties, and you sit guys when you face lefties like that. I mean, you you can't do it. I mean that just ruins your chances of winning. So yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on the, on the bus there. Uh, although I still think, you know, he, he's going to overall help you in the power department, but that's kind of about it. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kettle Marte ends up being the starting shortstop. Um, we, we didn't really talk about him much last week, so I won't dwell on him now, but I mean, we saw what, um, what Segura did last year. And, and, I mean, Marte, to me, isn't that far off from Segura. So I think he could easily, as long as he, you know, puts it together in spring training and, and plays pretty well, I think he'll definitely start the year with the, the, the club instead of being down. I mean, do they really want to roll with Chris Owings or, or Nick Ahmed as their starting shortstop? I mean, they got Descalso, too, but, yeah. I mean, he's more yeah, than third base. Marte's going to have to show a lot in the spring, dude. He was he was one of the worst players in baseball last year. It felt like he just oh, he couldn't, hit, he couldn't hit the ball. I mean, in our league, man, I drafted him as – I was like, oh, I drafted him super late. I was like, I got steals wrapped up. I had him. Yeah. And a couple other guys, and they did nothing. I was terrible in steals because of it. Just every yeah. guy I went after late in the draft for steals did not pan out. And that sucked. So yeah. Marte, he's gonna have to prove a lot until before I take a chance on him again. Yeah. No, I mean he's somebody that I kept an eye on, but he just wasn't it wasn't worth it. And I had Segura, no. so I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, no, but absolutely. Anyway. All right, well, that's uh, 
that's all we got for for third base preview tonight. Um, thanks for listening in, and hope we uh, had some valuable feedback for you. And, and uh, you know, it's it's now officially March. It's time for spring training to really get going. We got the World Baseball Classic coming up. You know, baseball is here, people. It's time to get ready. Start start learning. Listen to our uh, our old previews, and um, you know definitely listen in to our our newer previews coming out. We got, I guess, two more shows with previews, maybe three. We got outfield next week, um, and then uh, pitching the week after that. So tune in. Uh, if any, if you have any questions, feel free to reach Joe on Twitter at Fantasy Six Pack. Uh, or you can reach me at Apple Garth Algar, all one word. Um, shoot us some some uh, feedback and let us know what's up. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, good show. See you all next week. All right. Take it easy.